0: A cup of coffee, I'm not even drinking like entire pots of coffee. So
1: you cut down on the coffee and that has
0: No, increased... I feel horrible oh. all of the time. Okay, okay. I, I you basically, were good. I'm waking you up. You look
1: like you're feeling all right.
0: Well, I feel all right for about four hours. Uh huh. And then I'm very tired. I'm very grumpy. Uh I'm actively falling asleep Uh for like most of the day. Okay. And kind of like old man vibes Mm -hmm. where I'm just kind of like.
1: That's most people though. I'm falling asleep
0: in the rocker. I don't like it.
1: (laughs) It is. This is most people.
0: I know. I'm going to put in my time Uh because like, so the thing is, is that, you know, I felt awake and full of electricity for those years that I was running live sound, but I was ultimately giving 10 hours of my life away. Mm hmm. To, to nothing. Yes. So I figure it's about the same thing. I'll just feel tired and shitty for most of the day, but it's my day.
1: Well, <laughs> well the idea of forcing you to wake up earlier, Scott's normal sleep schedule is, uh, what would you say? What's your natural sleep schedule? What's my, your circadian rhythm? My
0: circadian rhythm is 4 to 6 a.m., uh-huh. fall asleep. Okay. Wake up between noon and 2. This is my this is where it just uh-huh. naturally lies.
1: And you know there's one other person that I know who has the same sleep schedule. Your mother. It's my mom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're the same.
1: You fall asleep in front of the TV around uh-huh. 4 to 6 a.m. Uh-huh. and then you wake up in the middle of the day. Oh, and
0: I feel fucking great. Yeah. When I do it. This tortures.
1: <laughs> But here's the thing. When we're on tour, you get up really early. You're the first one up.
0: I am the first one up.
1: So the theory was, what if we force you to be on tour when you're home?
0: I do kind of have tour goo brain. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, I do that think- That sounds th-
1: bad, but the goo is good. W- we, it's I think the that muck we- that's bad.
0: We have to introduce people to the goo and the
1: muck. The goo is very good. You want to be in the goo. You want to flow with the goo, one with the goo. But the muck, you get stuck in the muck. And basically, every time you're trying to do something real with your life, the muck will come in and test you.
0: It tests you. It tries to hold you back. It tries to keep you where you are. It attacks your car quite often.
1: Often it's in the form of car issues. Sometimes you are literally stuck in muck. That has happened to us before we left on tour. Sometimes it comes in the form of a drunk driver at 2am just smashing into the side of your car at an angle that is shocking for the direction they were theoretically driving down the street. But sometimes it's not even your car. Sometimes it's it's a mental game. Sometimes, you know, I don't know. It's often the car.
0: (laughs) It's often the car Maybe like a call from someone that you haven't seen in ten years, and you don't want to no, see. Oh, you don't want to see them. Yeah, but they're gonna they're gonna come out mm-hmm. from the
1: muck, and the muck will show itself. That's the thing is like you knowing about the muck is powerful because I think that the muck is always there to hold you back. Yes, but if you don't know it's the muck, it's easier to get stuck.
0: You see, you get stuck. And now the thing is, is that the the goo is more of a mysterious, benevolent force. Yeah, I it don't. Does, some people
1: might never meet the goo.
0: It doesn't make itself as apparent. It doesn't pop out. It doesn't uh, like the muck comes out and kind of goes like,
1: "I'm the devil," uh-huh. you know.
0: The goo is just there. You have to exist within it. Uh huh. And it it kind of uh, you start to feel as if you're being guided. To your next location there's actually a it was like a, it was a thing that the beat poets did um like Ginsburg and all them uh they would just show up at a city and then follow they had some you know beat poet word i wasn't prepped for this, but you can look it up and correct me <laughs> uh but they would go into a city and they would follow kind of the whims of the universe uh-huh and then they would Wind up where they needed to be and that's how they would meet everybody and the characters that would, uh, you know, later inhabit the lore of the beat poets. It was all through this uh, practice of just not not having a strict plan Mm -hmm. when arriving at a city, but but having the uh, the discipline to like go travel. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, To leave. I mean, it's really it is
1: hard to leave. It's hard to leave. It's hard to leave. Um, But I think that it, I mean, in my experience, it has always rewarded me to leave. I mean, I think that there's also a beauty in coming back home and appreciating where you live. But adventuring into the world has always uh, provided sources of inspiration and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, experiences that have greatly shaped my life. Which
0: is to say that you're performing a psychological experiment on me to force me into goo state.
1: I am trying to force you into goo because goo. We typically you and I associate the goo with travel. I guess so did the beat poets. Right, but is you can't there a always way be traveling? You can't always be traveling. Oh, then you're just you know, I don't know. You're you're like a, a fail son with a decked out sweet van, and you're just like a hippie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that sounds kind of fun. But it
0: does sound fun. I mean, it's fun to be a fail son.
1: Yeah. Um, good A good time. But you, we can't all.
0: We can't all.
1: So in lieu of fail son uh, wealth, we must find a way to occasionally be in the goo at home. <laughs> Which is hard. Hashtag I think
0: find your home goo.
1: Home goo. Hashtag find your home goo. Mm. Mm. Hashtag... No, that's it. Find your home goo. <laughs> All right. Um, I, have, I, have a, I have a tongue twister for the opening.
0: You've got a tongue twister. You have
1: to start it.
0: I have to start- It's like an
1: eeny, meeny, miny, mo thing.
0: Okay, but I don't know what it is.
1: No, no, no. You don't. It's just where it has to land. Just introduce yourself.
0: <laughs> hey, I'm Scott Murphy.
1: I'm Summer Krinsky
0: and this is I Don't Heart Radio.
1: The recursive radio regurgitates records to critical disclaim, but this could be your now. <laughs> your new favorite band. Fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> You're doing prep. You're writing poems. I wrote a poem, but I messed it up. Should we do it again? No. No, it's over. this is this That was is my one shot. That was my one shot. All right. Okay, we well, found
0: your weekly assignment. You're going to... This is now a thing that you have to do. I have to wake up at 9 a.m. And, and every I have to week... write
1: a new poem? Yeah. That one just came to me.
0: No, it's got to be a new poem. <laughs> All right, well. I'm... <laughs> I decree.
1: I think it's good. We assign each other homework.
0: So um, first off, we do have a corrections corner. Uh, do we? Yes, we have received a correction on our Christine Young episode. I made a mistake. There's an album called Live at the Witch's Tit. And it is not a live album. It is a real album just called Live at the Witch's Tit. That's fun. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And I I want The Witch's Tit? At the Witch's Tit.
1: At the Witch's Tit.
0: Yes. At the Witch's Tit. I like Uh, that name. Studio album. I was uh, in all of these, I'm kind of focusing on studio work. That's, you know, kind of my jam. Mm -hmm. So I saw the title. I was...
1: Did you go skipsies?
0: I did skipsies. It
1: does sound like a live record. It sounds like a
0: live record. Mm -hmm. And I did a skipsies. It's a real record. We have been corrected.
1: All right. Fair. Well, so go check that out if you want to hear more Christine Young, which Which you should. You should. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also, uh, if you want to hear the band we're in, it's called Summer Like the Season, and we're now on a weekly schedule where these drop on Thursdays, so the day after this new episode comes out on Friday, if you happen to be in Detroit, Michigan, we are opening for my absolute musical hero, the legend Tune Yards over at L Club, and um, I am so excited. I'm trying to figure out how to not, like, cry and have a mental breakdown, (laughs) um... Yeah, no, it's going to be amazing. It will be good. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so today we are going to get into some, uh, some Swedish music.
1: Ooh, Swedish.
0: You know, traditional Swedish music.
1: I know nothing of the Swedes.
0: Uh, uh, traditional Swedish music, otherwise known as, like, epic metal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I'm not going to say this right, but the band is a rockin'.
1: A rockin', a rockin'.
0: Or a roachin'. It's O-R-O-C-H-E-N. Correct me. (laughs) Um, The album that just came out is called Anthropocenic. Mm -hmm. All right. And it is eight tracks, nothing under five minutes.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah.
0: It's got uh, huge guitars, huge drums. It's very large and it spans from uh, pretty uh atmospheric uh nordic uh you know massive like kind of like uh like the death heaven thing
1: uh uh-huh, but
0: uh-huh. with um like some uh some flourishes there's a banjo and like a a death metal growl song in there over the banjo with a banjo Whoa. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, like over uh you know atmospheric guitar mm-hmm. it's very it's a very fun record it, it's that it's that epic metal thing that i think that only the nordic culture understands how to make it fun and big and epic yeah which um i i think does this might have been in the mysterious deleted episodes that
1: we uh we lost a few episodes we did lose a few episodes the lost files
0: but I did spend a while talking about how the new uh, My Chemical Romance track is garbage.
1: Oh yeah, we had a whole we had a whole dis on My Chem uh, lose audience members. segment. <laughs> oh, right. so glad I'm we gonna, brought that back. I'm bringing it yeah. back.
0: Um, but no, the new track is basically universally known to be steaming dog shit
1: of My Chem. Of yeah. my
0: cam, yeah. And it's, it's trying, it's seven minutes long. Uh-huh. It sounds bad. They're doing like the echoey, like epic guitar stuff, but it's mixed really bad. It doesn't actually work. The vocals are like way too buried for the whole thing. Like, yeah, we I mean- just don't understand how to do it. The way that the Swedes do.
1: If we're dumping on my chem again, I mean, I never got it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, in, I just because I listened to stuff like that all the time in like I, that was the genre of stuff I listened to in high school was everyone was like, oh, so you like my chem, obviously because of that, and right, I, no. I it was like we uh, the. I'm not okay. Was on a hot skater boys away message on AIM, so I liked that song because you know you gotta. But yeah. otherwise, it was basically the Black Parade came out, and I thought it was I just did did, yeah. did absolutely nothing for me. Did nothing. And it still does <laughs> nothing. Sorry. Um, okay, so this is this. So they're if, just if, like if it was cool. If it if was, it was good. cool, because it's like
0: <laughs> it's all of these like epic themes of like it's mm-hmm. us against the world yeah. and like just this giant um Cavalry of Norse Gods behind me there's just always that feel uh-huh. on, under every single like intentional note and sound and they just you know they do it right all right um so this is a post apocalyptic record it's called Anthropocene which is uh they they make a they have their own little thesis on their band camp but it is um so the Anthropocene is what um climate scientists and geologists are proposing that this final like this epoch uh-huh. this age is yeah uh which is uh, defined by mankind's uh like championship over the environment which is causing climate collapse and like environmental collapse and all of that you know uh-huh we are in charge and we're fucking up is the basic concept of the Anthropocene. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But then that said, like you look up the Anthropocene and then it's very <laughs> it's always very disappointing because it's controversial within the scientific consensus community because they really can't decide if it started in um, 1700 or uh, the Industrial Revolution or uh,
1: at the first atomic test. They can't decide the moment where we started to truly the destroy, destroy the world. The, yes. So, I mean I think that they it's just that that that's a a funny thing to get stuck on.
0: It is a very funny <laughs> thing to get stuck on. And and the thing is is that they're they're writing like research papers at each other oh, where no. where they're like promising to come up with the date of the start of the Anthropocene by 2023 by 2024 you know we're gonna really we're gonna pin this down we're gonna come to scientific consensus and then uh, which is technically important to have scientific consensus of the scientific community i don't but know
1: if the most important thing about the the, the <laughs> destruction of the world <laughs> is to decide when it started i think the most important thing would be just figuring out how ha- to stop, stop it, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: or that it is in fact happening right and then the problem is is that like that that scientific rigor mm-hmm. is part of what like when uh, bp hires their own climate scientists oh their favorite they, move what they do it's funny
1: how those climate scientists also knew so much about cigarettes
0: it makes. Yeah, it's the same
1: guy. It's it's just like he has his vast knowledge.
0: I know everything about cigarettes and climate change. So, <laughs> uh, the thing is, is that when um when you're looking at like bad research done by one of those climate scientists, mm-hmm. and they they cite their sources of like there there's not actually consensus within the climate change community of scientists right. about like that it's actually happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're specifically pointing at like these like, dumb squabbles. Yeah, Agents of, the, of Chaos. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. W- where, the like, the fucking, like, mealy mouth like, well, I think that it actually started in 1944. Well, I actually think it started in uh, 1897. Here's my <laughs> paper. So then the BP scientist goes, like, there's not actually consensus, so it's not real. <laughs> like, but they all agree it's happening. They just can't decide when it started. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Nobody's winning here,
1: I mean, I think we could call all of the times that they're saying it could have started as you know key moments in the progression of the thing that we should now focus on how do you know
0: well, that's very stop. reasonable summer, <laughs> so the album is called Anthropocenic, which uh-huh. i I think kind of gives the auvoir of the feel uh-huh. for the record uh. They're, you know, when you read about what they're they're talking about, what they're trying to get across with the album, it's very much so, like, what is mankind's relationship with nature? What is uh, our relationship with ourselves and each other? We're getting increasingly separated and disillusioned. Isn't that bad? Mm -hmm. You know? Really good classic stuff. There's a lot of, uh, you know, strong themes in here, which has... Resulted in an album with the titles "Black Snow," uh, Is "Gather," s- "Song Titles," yes, okay, uh, "Gathering Storms," mm-hmm. "Iron Gates," "Convalescence," "Teeth of Glass," "House of Bones," mm. "A Different Sun," and then to cap it all off, "The Rat King." Ooh. So we've got characters. We've got concepts, stuff is collapsing, all right. we got the sun, we got the snow. It's a really good apocalypse record
1: so is it is it like um are are the characters kind of outside of this world, or it's about the like where we are currently in this world, or is it supposed to be like a future apocalypse, the so, one we're heading towards, but it's in like the album takes place in that time
0: their their thought is that we are living. In the apocalypse
1: Okay, okay This we're is cur- This is about now And now is the apocalypse Is it like supposed to be We are living in the start of it Or is it just
0: Well, that sounds like We're debating about the Yeah We're very look We're what being I've done. anthropocenic here Uh-huh Yeah
1: Okay <laughs> Uh, I see I have fallen into the trap Of the rat king <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're we're at the iron gate right now Okay, okay we, You know, uh-huh. this is we're We're living in it mm-hmm. And At the same time, it's the, I think that it's the power of art and we're getting kind of into that Ganser realm of this is the apocalypse, but let's make a really good record. Uh You know, Uh, let's not, which I think that this is why this kind of stands out in this world of music for me, because there is the unhelpful nihilism of like when you turn on like certain like brutal metal where... I think that uh, there are like actually really interesting like musical ideas within the world of like extreme metal, like a lot of really cool dissonance and you know suspended chords and everything, but they record it like shit, you uh-huh. know, uh, which I think comes from a place of that like despairing
1: nihilism. Where- in, wait, in which way? What way do you hate the recorded, the recordings of a? oh metal band
0: oh I mean like uh super scoopy uh-huh uh, sounds like a microphone was just kind like of swinging <laughs> around in the room uh or someone was just kind of like zooming the mic in and out of the the cab you know <laughs> or it was just falling down in the middle of the recording and they just went no we will leave it uh, it doesn't matter we are all dead anyway yeah <laughs> like that's the that's the feel. And I, I think that the music is super cool and the performances that are there are, again, like extremely tight, technical. Like they've put so much work into figuring it out and then they go like, microphone is a false god and I will not engage with it. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't love that. Yeah. I, I it just, because it just sounds, you know, You know what I have bad. thoughts
1: and feelings on but this is literally the genre? Yeah. I hate clicky kicks.
0: You hate clicky I kicks. I hate clicky
1: kicks. And when I when you do sound for a metal show, first of all, every metal band these days, yeah, live that's touring, that's like you know any sort of following, they not so they they don't even do an outside kick mic. They have inside kick mic, uh-huh. and then they have a eight oh eight double like click, mm-hmm. and um, it's weird because that's like a thing that's like it's like metal and electronic, yeah. and I think so. I obviously in in the music I make, I like to mix. 808 kicks with like a live kit all the time. So, but, but I don't like it when it's, I think it can be really cool to punch in and out in certain moments. I don't get it being the whole, the whole song.
0: I think that, I mean, honestly, I think that it comes from like lazy mixing. Yeah. Because uh, it's a really, it's an easy way to make your kick work in the mix you know, like yeah. it does work, Like, oh yeah, the kicks there, but and you don't have to spend as much time shaping the hard part.
1: Well, especially when you have like four guitars, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that but, it I can't... mean it is—it's the style now. So, like, I think that so a lot of people would just be like, "You, you guys are objectively wrong." It is the style, but I just I like what? What if? you made stuff well, in the same style but you did this it this record doesn't have it doesn't have that. it doesn't yeah. have
0: clicky kick I, Be- like that. I because and it's huge mm-hmm. that's the thing like a lot of these um well i think that it's the same thing like you could argue like what i think that separates like amateur hip hop from pro yeah. is uh when someone like has their like i'm on beatfuck.com with my number one hit yeah. what they've done is they've just mixed the kick
1: Oh, like, so loud. So loud.
0: Uh-huh. And then it's... Uh, but the thing is, is that it's diminishing returns because the the kick from the beginning of the mix is just pinned to zero. And then the mix actually can't get loud because as you make it louder, the kick just gets more and more and more and more and more. Squishy, squishy, squash. So Yeah, when
1: you put a limiter on it. Right. The kick is now... The kick is your highest point. Yep. Um And you've tied it to being the highest point, so there's no... Uh, there's no breathing in the music.
0: There's no breathing and the kick isn't actually mixed against the track. The mm-hmm. kick is mixed against a, like a finite point. Right. So it hasn't been mixed into the track and then the thing that makes something work is context so you've you've separated an element of your mix or an element of your idea. Yeah, you've made
1: it most bumping for beatfuck.com. Yes. Y- people are going to play through and they're going to go, "Oh, this kick is sweet on their like iPhone." Yeah. And then when they put their rap over it and try to like put it onto, you know, SoundCloud or whatever, it's just going to get smushed.
0: It'll get smushed. Yeah. So uh but when you listen to like a pro mix, yeah, it doesn't the kick isn't the
1: but the thing is in metal when you listen to a lot of pro mixes it is well it's not it's not smushing it's well unless you're metallica but it's like uh it is it's like clicky that is part that's become the style in a lot of ways which is funny because like when you you played this the band we're talking about right now a little bit for me before we started and um when you started to say metal i was like it sounded almost more shoegazy to me guitar wise, just because I could actually hear the vastness of the guitars yeah. because there wasn't like, yeah. click, 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 yeah. just like interrupting what I think is like, was like a very nice soundscape. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, it's better. Uh, it, it, like there's a lot of thought that's going into this, which I think is again, what I think makes music good is when you can clearly hear intention and thought. And you know, that's, that's what they're presenting here. They're, You know, they're considering it within the world of metal and post metal uh, and all of, you know, they want to get an idea across and not just shove it into the funnel.
1: I do love the post blank genres because Uh I always am like, what's next? Like with art, when we're like postmodern. Yeah. Do you just go post post? Well, I mean,
0: we're at Gen Z.
1: We're at Gen Z?
0: You know, what's after Z? My dude,
1: we became... are we
0: just as a society just coming to grips with with like, the end? This is it.
1: I don't know. I mean, it's like it's interesting because like we've always been obsessed with end times. Like all religions have an apocalyptic prediction, basically.
0: Oh yeah, I mean uh, we can go back four thousand years. I happen to have a list of apocalypses. Oh, you're all ready. Yeah, I'm ready.
1: Well, okay, let's get into it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the thing is, is yes, people have been predicting the apocalypse since basically we could write, you know? Like, I am the last man yeah. is definitely <laughs> a feeling that people have been having. Surely, I'm the last one.
1: And I think it's an interesting mixture because it's like there, of course, is a real like climate crisis happening, and if things do not change, um, you know, you might be the last man. <laughs> But I also think there's this, like, egotistical obsession with, like, wanting to be the last man. Yes. It's kind of like a, I don't know, it's, it's like, if, you know, if I can't, you know, because why, why do people want to be famous even? They want to be remembered. And it's like, if I can't be remembered, then no No one one exists. exists. (laughs) (laughs) No one gets to exist after me.
0: If there will be no
1: memory, you know? If I'm not
0: going viral, then just (laughs) let it all end. Uh, the uh, that is the, that's the vibe. Uh,
1: and I feel like there is kind of this like, like a what what do you call it? Like a what what's a person like a cult leader esque? But like um, not a saint. What am I going for? Uh, like prophet? a prophet? Yes, that's the word. <laughs> There's like the prophet thing of like maybe realizing that you can't take this with you, and then you're like, you're like, it needs to all. It needs to all go down.
0: It goes with me.
1: Yeah, it it goes with me because it ends with me, and that's a, it's a I mean that's such a just human thing, <laughs> you know. Like no no oh, a dogs dog aren't like yeah. When I die, I mean I don't think they're even thinking about dying.
0: No, they're Other sweet little angels. Yeah,
1: but like any animal, I feel like there's that, that's that's such a. Distinctly, us in specifically ego tied thing. Yes,
0: I mean, it's a big problem with the human brain is egocentrism, and so our interpretation of the end of the world is always tied to that. Mm -hmm. The world is ending, it's ending with me. I'll be the best at the end of the world. I've got my prepper stash, I've got a bunker, I, you know those all of those like barbecue dads in the 1950s that just like dug a big hole in their backyard it's like yeah the the commies are gonna bomb us but you know what
1: i got i got
0: this i got my hole i've got a bunch of beans
1: (laughs) i do have a lot of beans
0: yeah we got a lot of beans we did mm, i think everyone bought a lot of beans
1: everyone bought a lot of beans in this pandemic you know there's just it's been a weird time sometimes you just buy a lot of beans some people bought a lot of toilet paper. I bought a lot of beans. Right, hmm. and they just kind of hit people in my van for a while.
0: Cart before the horse.
1: Yeah, good source of protein. You know, <laughs> I know beans. You are... need protein, and this is this beans are good
0: in the coming. There's end a days. lot of there's a lot of like early cults that are bean based. That are bean based. There we um, go. Pythagoras, the triangle Led... guy, the triangle guy. He had like he had a, a cult? bean sex cult. What? Yeah.
1: What? All of these, all of these dudes. Wait, but is the triangle guy.
0: The the triangle. The guy. a
1: squared plus b squared equals c squared. Uh huh. He had a tri- he had a bean, <laughs> bean based sex cult.
0: Yes. Do you have I'm, any more well, information on this? Again, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this. Let me. Uh...
1: Yeah. I mean, this seems wild. Why didn't they cover this in my math class? I would have been so much more, been engaged more engaged in geometry. I That was specifically one of the classes, you know, because I'm like, I'm okay at math, but geometry, I'm not great at because I'm just like shapes, you know, whatever. Who cares about shapes? But yeah,
0: he had a cult. He did murder within the cult.
1: Wait, Pythagoras did murder.
0: Pythagoras In did- his
1: bean sex cult?
0: Yeah, so... Why is this
1: not on any of my true crime podcasts? How uh, am I just hearing about this? I'm we're very We're diving into,
0: into Greek true crime here. So, Pythagoras was a mathematician, and he believed that only rational numbers truly existed, and that's all universal uh, Like outcomes could be determined with rational numbers. Uh
1: Oh, they didn't have imaginary numbers yet. And they stuff? didn't have
0: imaginary numbers. Hippasus mm-hmm. came up with the golden ratio, mm-hmm. and he was a member of the cult because they were just sitting around eating beans, doing math,
1: doing and, math. And he was, was like eating beans. That's like I kind found, of a good time, to be honest.
0: I found this new number, boss, and Pythagoras was like, "This goes against." Our number cult?
1: Yeah, because it goes on and on and on. I kill you. Yeah.
0: So he did, in fact, kill him.
1: (laughs) Wow. He killed the golden ratio guy?
0: Uh, Pushed him over a boat. Drowned him.
1: Whoa. That is... So Pythagoras drowned the golden ratio guy. Yes. Because he didn't fit in with the rational number only... Law of the bean sex cult
0: yes uh that is that is what happened uh so they were also into so rational numbers and reincarnation, and if you were really good, you got reincarnated as into a bean. a bean yes
1: <laughs> wait actually, I just added that
0: yeah, no no, that's... it's a
1: bean I just I just oh saw oh, so that
0: they were they had to be vegetarian.
1: Being a bean would be pretty fun. Not gonna lie.
0: They were a vegetarian cult.
1: You get to hang out in a can with all your friends. Because if you go around re- in my van,
0: <laughs> if you were reincarnated okay. as a on the lesser scale, you were reincarnated <laughs> into an animal. So don't eat animals.
1: They're just they're just like people that sucked at being, being vegetarians.
0: People, I don't know or something. We're I'm really not. Again, I'm not prepared for this. Uh huh. Email your corrections. So. Uh, the thing is, is that there were animals, you could reincarnate into an animal, but mm-hmm. also they were vegetarians, but could not eat beans. So I, my vague memory, I knew oh. that there were beans involved. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, wait, Okay, it's the opposite?
0: It's the opposite. Oh, so we've they just had been to, wrong no, this whole they time. they were cultivating beans. Because so it was like beans, beans was were like their the...
1: cow, or like pig, you know, like, like Hinduism has the cow. Yes. And, like okay, so it's like the, it was like okay
0: to be a bean was nirvana is, is the the superior reincarnation.
1: I actually can kind of get down with that. That is
0: the pinnacle. But then
1: I also want to eat beans, right? So they're just growing beans. They're just growing beans, and they're not eating them.
0: Not eating them.
1: Is anyone eating the beans?
0: No. Well, it sounds like so they just
1: have like a, a bunch of beans going bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like any commune, it's just full of bad <gasps> oh, beans.
1: Full of bad beans. Okay, all right, that's a good one. What other cults are we working with here? Or so this is a, was there an apocalyptic thing to this? I guess no. The,
0: we just we just we got, just on got a into we got Pythagoras. On a, okay, so I don't even know how we got here. All right,
1: so back to apocalyptic people, <laughs> um, being predicted over and over again.
0: Oh, I mean, we've got. Uh, So the thing is, is that for the first, you know, 10,000 years of human existence, Mm -hmm. all apocalypses are, you know, religious based. Yeah. Zeus is going to come down. uh, They're going to deliver a final message. There's always a final message because (laughs) apocalypse is rooted from like revelation. Uh So it's not just that the world is going to end. It's that a hand of God is going to come down yeah, it's going Superior to tell us something
1: it's going to be like you guys failed
0: right it was the beans yeah. <laughs> and then you know we plunge into that uh-huh. end time or the post apocalypse where we have to you know pick up the pieces um, which is like that's a that's a thing in like the Christian apocalypse is right. that God goes like it was the beans and uh-huh. then it takes the you know Couple hundred thousand people that like solved the puzzle and did it right. He and, prayed
1: to the right bean.
0: And then it's uh, those
1: pinto beans.
0: But there's a very important part of the Christian apocalypse in which you are, there's the 2000 years where everyone just kind of like lives in shitville.
1: I thought, I thought, and I'm, you know a jew so i might have you know heard this wrong i thought the christian apocalypse was like fiery fiery fire everyone that is like into jesus gets to go to heaven and everyone else gets to like burn in fire
0: no they live in shit world for like a while a thousand years
1: i thought everyone else gets fire is there a fire i was told about a fire
0: so there's a a cataclysm and a mm-hmm. series of like spooky events and then the Antichrist becomes ruler of Earth for that time. But it's just like, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, it just kind of
0: rules. <laughs> okay. Uh, but then everyone just kind of like fights some bucks on Earth for like a thousand years. And oh, so
1: it gets like real sinny?
0: It gets really sinny. Okay. Yes. It gets super, like, and that's the
1: thing. Party time.
0: It sounds kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like Ted Cruz leaves planet Earth uh-huh. and then we just get to, you know, have a nice time. Uh-huh. <laughs> sounds like that's the revelation.
1: I'm, I'm in for it.
0: I'm removing these assholes. So all of these prudes leave. Uh-huh. We have a nice time for a thousand years. Hell yeah. And then God comes. Then there's a second god comes back okay. and he judges everyone uh, for what they did uh, during sin time
1: that's not fair that's like when they turn on the lights at a uh-huh. at a gay sex club and it's like oh, <laughs> oh shit <no>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when someone hit the light switch that was a it was a story on a podcast i listened to someone hit the light switch oh don't uh, hit the switch yeah and accidentally and suddenly it was like very bright
0: <laughs> don't turn on the
1: lights so God comes in, fucking turns on the, turns on the like fluorescent lights. Like you know Get it's not here. like vibe lights. Yeah. It's not like bisexual lighting. There's no like euphoria cinematography. It's, it's just very straight. It's lighting. like it's very office sh- lighting. Ugh. <laughs> bummer. What a bummer. All right. Just one more side quest. Which bean do you think Which... is the superior? Because I was leaning Pinto. Do you think
0: Immediately in my mind yeah. when you asked, uh-huh. I said pinto too.
1: I think it's pinto. Black beans fine, red beans fine. Pinto, pinto is the best bean. Is my like favorite it makes sense. Bean. It's kind
0: of like the adrenochrome thing. Uh-huh. Like I'm sucking out that sweet, sweet baby juice. Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> pinto.
0: Like if a man's soul uh-huh. were to be like that, sweet, sweet soul was uh-huh. to be just encased in a bean. In a
1: bean. Pinto. I would say pinto. Okay. So. There's been lots of end day cults. Is there like a specific or religion? Is this is this album like coming from a religious? No, it's okay. coming
0: from a science. Like that's where that's where we get like kind of into the interesting. We're in the in the modern day uh-huh. is the first time that we've got like you know a scientific explanation of the end of the world.
1: Well, and what's kind of wild is, like, not not to, you know, summarize things in a way that, because I'm sure there are people of be different reductive. beliefs that, whatever, yeah. But to be reductive, it, it seems that, like, a majority of the people that are climate change deniers would also often be uh, very much subscribing to a religious end-day belief system.
0: Yeah, that'd be a fair. yeah. That's a fair reduction.
1: It's that's interesting.
0: It is interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have it's uh, in the history of apocalypse. Yeah, you know, lots of religious apocalypse. It's kind of post enlightenment. So like seventeen hundred on. Okay, we start to see the beginnings of a scientific apocalypse. Now, mind you, they're wrong. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of like this comet is going to be the one uh-huh. that, that hits us. Yeah. 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 Because they're working out their, uh, you know, their math and their telescopes and everything. So it's. Yeah. Kind I of mean, a... they
1: had to recover from throwing that one guy that was right about stuff into the,
0: In into lake. the lake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they're, they're looking at the sky. They were like
1: ratios can't be. <laughs> so that takes a while. Takes a while. Uh huh.
0: Uh, they're looking up there, they're seeing things like zipping around and they're they're routinely pretty sure that like that one is going to be the one. Yeah. So
1: I think they've had redshift for a while. They're like distances, you know? We can figure that out. But then it's hard to still see like trajectory, yes. you know? Oh, I okay. mean, they're
0: just looking in like, you know, they got like
1: a... Got a little thing. Eyeglass.
0: Yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, those are starting in like 1700. Uh, there's like Bernoulli. Is like really sure that a comet is gonna just come and like wipe us out?
1: Isn't that the Lyft guy? Uh,
0: What I know about him is that he was uh, a central figure in the Leibniz Newton calculus debacle.
1: Well, I thought he was. So I don't mean Lyft like Uber versus Lyft. I mean Uh Lyft like the, the the force of nature that creates it so that planes can fly. I'm pretty sure his principle. So there's actually Bernoulli's principle. Yes, the one you're right. that makes the planes go.
0: Here's the wrinkle, though. Okay, there are a lot of Bernoullis.
1: Oh, this is a different. There's Bernoulli? so many
0: Bernoulli. It's they're a good all related. It, it
1: sounds it kind of. No, but they're it all related. It's Kinnolis. like a
0: scientific dynasty.
1: Oh, yeah, Bernoulli,
0: Bernoulli, Bernoulli, Bernoulli.
1: Hell yeah!
0: Uh, so, so it
1: runs in the family.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> so there were they're all related. But one had, you know, a really interesting principle, and one had a debacle.
0: He was involved in a debacle. Okay,
1: what was the debacle?
0: (laughs) The debacle, the Leibniz-Newton calculus uh, controversy. Please tell me. Well, Leibniz and Newton, as in like apple fall, right? That guy. They bonked, getting bonked for science. A series of works that become calculus. Mm-hmm. and they published them at about the same time, and they basically just constantly fight over who came up with it first, and that the other one must be copying the other, uh, because... Oh, that's a
1: classic. It's a classic. Everyone thinks of the same ideas at the same time on other places in their world, and yeah. they were just, like, kind of, like...
0: But it drove them both mad. Hell yeah. But, like, But the thing is, is that it was, like, it, it <gasps> like, effectively ended Newton's, like... like Productive time because, because he came he up so with angry. all this. He was just so angry. Credit. Just
1: <laughs> I want that photo credit at the bottom of the Insta pic.
0: And all of the scientists at the time had to pick a side. Oh, so you know, Bernoulli was a, a Leibniz stan, as you would, you know, put it in the parlance of our times. Uh huh. And they would just basically like. You know, go to the other guy's events and be like, "Boo, fuck you!" <laughs> and then, like the other ones would come and go, like, "Boo, fuck you!" My other guy, my guy, wrote calculus. Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Hell and- yeah, it's a classic rap beef.
0: And the thing is is that it's, like, it's 50, because it's, like, slow moving. It's, like, a series of, like, strongly worded letters.
1: Yeah, it's, like, instead of doing, like, diss track responses, they're, like, I would like to write to the governor that this is very absurd. That The history book says that this man wrote, knew this thing.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, 300 years later, everyone's, like, yeah, they just came up with it at the same time.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's that's just what happened. So that was a that was a huge thing, Uh and he's also very he's like Leibniz made calculus, and this comet is gonna fucking end us all. Okay,
1: and it it did not. It did not. But you know that's it's the the weird thing that uh, it comets have you know done some damage. They've done some damage, and basically we are still unprepared for if a comet does come to end us all. Absolutely unprepared. So it makes sense that you would. Be concerned. Yes.
0: Be concerned about the comet. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So, okay. He was a classic, a comet uh, uh, alarmist. Comet guy. Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: Yeah. And and so there's like a series of comet guys mm -hmm. for up until like the early 1900s. You know what there
1: never is? There's like super volcanoes that can explode. And and even if we see the warnings, they'll really just take out a solid part of the world, and no one's that guy.
0: Oh, no, 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 there is oh, those there guys. there is those
1: guys? They're not you're a, I'm not. In familiar the zone? with I'm not in the, um, the History they... Channel okay. post-2010. I know that they got into aliens.
0: They got into aliens, and they got into super volcanoes. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah.
1: I only saw the aliens. I saw well, that guy with that tall, so the thing tall is, hair. Is,
0: okay, so you're... Here's the thing your knowledge of super volcanoes is just trickle down from <laughs> like you don't even know how impacted by History Channel uh-huh. you are. Hell yeah. And that's a problem.
1: Okay, give it to me. Well, enlighten okay, me. So, uh,
0: my guess is that you are familiar with the um, Yellowstone yeah. caldera.
1: Correct. That's yeah. the one I know about.
0: Super popularized by the History Channel okay. to fucking scare boomers in the year 2010, 2011, 2012. Shouldn't
1: we be scared? Should we not no. be scared? Okay, why we shouldn't, shouldn't we? We shouldn't
0: be scared. Why? All of the people that actually measure, like the the people that go like and check, because there are people checking on the super volcanoes, uh-huh. all of them that write the papers and know the pressure and the things, they're like, we're chill for like five million years. Uh-huh. So it's, it's fine. The official scientific consensus is- It's
1: chill for five mil. Yeah. Okay. We chill. But-
0: But the History Channel found a lot of guys, like yeah. kind of the, the volcano version of the guy with the big hair. Amazing. And they gave them a salary uh-huh. to just make like five documentaries on super volcanoes. Every year.
1: Well, I mean, and you can say, like, if it did explode, this is what would happen. And it is very scary. It's like yes. we'd, you know, lose basically all uh communication. Yeah, I mean, we're fucked. All electricity. For the sure. grid would go down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a big if, though. Uh huh. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big if. But it's fun to talk about the end. It is fun. And I it's guess it's fun, that's that's fun for... to make records about it. Yeah. It's fun to make records it. about it. It's fun to write books about yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Um, which kind of gets me into, like, my favorite version and take on the apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> the boring apocalypse.
1: Is that the one we're in?
0: Well, we <laughs> kind of are. Well, I think that, uh, so Philip K. Dick mm-hmm. wrote a lot of what you would, if you just got down to brass tacks, they are post-apocalyptic works or, like, apocalyptic works. Uh-huh. But the reactions of the characters within it are always so mundane that there's a disconnect. And I feel like that's the the truest take on actual human behavior because there's so many, there's so many, even like 1984, there's all of these like heightened reactions uh-huh. to like Big brother, I need to make my secret, like, anti fascist, like, coup, and, like, we're going to take it to them and all that. And it's just like, it's not actually what's going to happen. Like, you're just going to go, like,
1: ah, it's Big Brother. Well, well, I mean, that's what is happening. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. We've got and, the
1: green light in Detroit, and that is, I mean, that's if you don't it's just know, it's literally Big Brother. It's literally yeah. Big Brother. Uh, businesses don't have to, but they can opt into having a green light camera, which then feeds directly to the DPD. Uh, Facial recognition. Yeah, it goes yeah. to a facial recognition which software. Which also doesn't work. Um, which has caused many false arrests already. And um, y- the thing that I find like most concerning about it is you can't opt out. It would be one thing if the cameras only pointed to the business... Like inside parts, right? So, so that you could go, like, I'm not going to go to a green light business, like opted in business, but the cameras point onto public streets. So if you walk by on the sidewalk, you are on the facial recognition software. Yeah, that just is a thing. Yeah, there's no opting out. There's no I'm going to just not go to those businesses. If you like live in the city, and I I really do wonder how many other cities have implemented the same thing and it'd be one thing if it worked i still wouldn't love it but like our like clear rate for crimes it's like murders and yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. so low <laughs> like uh yeah so anyway okay you know sorry. it's a police
0: state uh-huh. it's super casual yeah and so like, cash 1984 kind of heightened and mm-hmm. like hunger games it's always like ah we're gonna have like a plucky teen hero and they're gonna fight the state or whatever right like really heightened, really dramatic. Philip K. Dick's apocalypses are always just focused around like there's a mechanic and the world is falling apart or falling into entropy, but he really just needs a nickel so that he can pay his toilet. And that's his prime motivation for like the entire book is I'm just trying to pay my toilet to like let me take a shit. And that's all, my car is broken, there's this girl I kind of want to bang her, but I don't know. Not <laughs> sure. Uh oh, um reality is disintegrating in front of me. That sucks. I need a nickel to, to pay, pay my, my toilet. toilet. Yeah. And that's the, you know, that's the thrust of Philip K Dick's Apocalypse and I feel like it is the truest to like now.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, some of those books you read and you're like this is just it's, it's too um on for also when it was written it's like yeah. some of it's a little it's already a little too it's, predictive well i
0: think i think my favorite prediction is uh, in i think it's ubik uh, it's it's the prediction of like the ad based economy mm-hmm. which is it's a wild thing to think about it being thought of in 1960
1: yeah 1960 that's cr- where crazy
0: Um, basically no one has any money and you can have a robot come and fly into your house and it'll play ads at you and then it'll give you a nickel.
1: (laughs) To pay your toilet? Yes. (laughs)
0: Uh, and I, I just, I love that one. I mean,
1: well, because it's honing in on a thing that it took... People forever to actually put words to is attention is your most valuable resource. Yes. And he understood that in 1960. Yeah. Which is, and, and, and it, it comes across in his writing in that, like, no one, I, there's a lot of writers I just don't enjoy reading because it's so, so much of the way it's written is just like self indulgent on like what describing something for way too long. He is delicate with your attention. He describes the world just the amount that you can build it in your imagination and then it's plot and interesting character stuff and it is it's always it's always honed into the importance of never losing the reader's attention. Yes. Um and I think that it it comes across in his understanding of uh what the future is going to look like.
0: <laughs> ah yeah, that's good. And uh, yeah, the, um, the apocalypse being this boring event mm-hmm. that's, that's just in the background, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, which is like, okay, the most famous film adaptation of one of those is uh, Blade Runner, um, uh, which is adapted from Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And Blade Runner is cool, you know. Like I understand Blade Runner stands. I mean, there's robots, there's Harrison Ford, you know, shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, it's filmed really nicely. It, it sits it like invents like the blue yellow color scheme thing. Uh-huh. cool stuff, you know? But the thing is is that like what gets left out of the film is the concept of uh, kipple, which is the
1: which is the big concept in the book. Yes. It's one of the, yeah. It's
0: like the core of the book is that uh, there is, uh, it's just unexplained entropy has entered the, like, physical realm and as you, like, wake up and go through your day, the world is just literally disintegrating randomly and, and no one's doing anything about it.
1: Yeah, well, and there's just, like, trash from commerce over, you know, like the whole like the realm outside of the city is just like basically a uh, giant trash heap. Yes. And it's all oh, it's just kippel, you know, it's just kippels right. everywhere. Oh
0: yeah, you define it, they just define it as like this cute term to uh-huh. kind of mitigate it and compartmentalize it as a society, but it is literally ending the world. There's no biodiversity. Uh-huh. Uh I mean, the the Blade Runner entirely leaves out the concept of the electric sheep, which right. is yeah. like the, the name of the book because there's literally no animals left on planet Earth because mankind has ended biodiversity entirely. So your, your big status symbol in that world is to own a robotic recreation yeah. of a sheep or a cat. Its
1: status and its showing that you have empathy, which is an it's a it's yes. a show of empathy that you can take care of an electric animal. Uh, it's like a sh- a show of your humanity. And if you don't have one, then are you even are you even a person worth associating with? Or are you just you know banished to live amongst the kipple? <laughs> what a what a fun apocalypse that we are heading towards
0: yeah so we're in the mundane apocalypse Uh uh-huh
1: now in this album lyrically isn't a mundane. I feel like metal tends to not so head towards the mundane they
0: are approaching it from but you
1: were saying climate change which is more yeah it's more the uh (laughs) yeah the path we tend to seem to be going down
0: So on Anthropocenic, they Mm -hmm. are approaching it as... So they're seeing the apocalypse happening currently Uh as we exist, which is a result of consumption, uh, you know, over-reliance on corporations, uh, you know, it's a really astute take. Yeah. Uh, And then our existence and our moral compass, which again kind of points to that, like, I've got an electric sheep You know, like, what are the choices that we're making within this time? And it's, uh, I think it's a very personal view of the apocalypse. Yeah. There's no, there's no, like, big, glorious fights or, you know, anthemic, uh, like, I'm taking down the machine. It's just resigned to how is it that we are, um, personally existing in this moment
1: yeah are you are you proving your empathy through consumption yes (laughs) (laughs) um or or do you see that as uh you know maybe not the maybe not the way to be a human yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i'm excited so when did this just came out
0: it just came out let me get the uh May twenty seventh.
1: All right. So, brand new album from. Say it. Say it again. Arochen. Arochen. Aroken. Aroken. Let's call it. Oro- it feels like Aroken when you spelled it. Aroken. Spell it. O,
0: r, o, c, h, e, n.
1: All right. Arochen. Aroken.
0: I'm sorry. We don't we're sorry.
1: Know. We're we're not. Amazing at pronunciation But please go check out their new record And also um, If you have a band that we should know about You have some music That you think is uh, Correctly predicting The end of the universe Email i pod At gmail.com Subject line The end is nigh
0: Good subject line
1: Um, And you know reach out with stories uh, tell us what we should be promoting what cool events are happening what cool bands exist um and also um while we're spelling things this is brought to you by a ton of records and that's a t o n u v i've seen people put the, some wild wild spellings out yeah, there.
0: yeah i mean it is a made-up word it's a
1: made-up word but come on and
0: it's it's the simplest way it is the simplest way i, I do love people people pronounce it funny they're uh-huh. like utenov <laughs> and nuvi you an- know an- and it's just like it's a ton of you say it all the time you know, um,
1: yeah, it's a ton of records. A T O N U V. It's just a little hipster spelling. Come on, get, get nah. hip, get cool. Okay, you can follow me at Summer Like the Season Music on Instagram.
0: Uh, you can check me out at a ton of mastering on Instagram.
1: That's a ton of A T O N U V underscore mastering. Wow, wow, Jinxie Omia, sog paneer. A sag paneer, yeah, that's more us, our vibe. Um, And then, uh, if you want to support what we're doing here, there's a Patreon page for Summer Like the Season, and um, that has just like musical bonus content, um, unheard clips that will never go anywhere but the hard drive. um, You know, musical interviews with us about uh, the production behind um, making the album, a bunch of a bunch of stuff and um that gets updated every two weeks and then there's a paywalled monthly membership you can get at www.atonuv.com that's a-t-o-n-u-v.com it has interviews um with a bunch of detroit bands um a lot of funny i would say that in these interviews uh multiple times i had to tell people don't worry, it's gonna be paywalls because they were. If they thought it, it might be a little, a little spicy, it's a little spicy for the internet. So if you want some of that spicy um, content that uh, about Detroit musicians, uh, you want some of that hot goss, check it out. There's bonus clips um, we're gonna have from episodes, and um, you get all episodes a day early there. So check yep. it out. This has been I Don't Heart Radio Podcast.
0: All right, we'll see you next How time. Can you so to...